Call for Action presents Of Consuming Interest, a public service show that discusses scams, deceptive offers, and other consumer concerns. Here's the director of WJLA 7 Call for Action and your host, Shirley Rooker. If you've lost some or all of your hearing, you know what a difference it can make in your life, your conversations with family and friends, and so on. What can be done about it? What can you do to prevent it? We're going to talk about a number of these issues. My guest today is Barbara Kelly. She's the executive director of the Hearing Loss Association of America. And in preparation for this uh, interview, I was doing some research and I discovered that there's, there's one thing that's very interesting. And that is that a significant number more men than women have hearing loss. As a matter of fact, according to some estimates, about 56% of men have hearing loss and 44% of the women. Now, I don't mean total, but I mean of the population, which does have a hearing problem. It's really significantly more male. Is there some particular reason for this, Barbara? Um, First of all, Shirley, thank you for having me on your show. And this is really a timely topic and a hot topic. So um, good timing. Um, Hearing loss is well documented, but it's not well understood because it's so different for everyone. Um, Hearing loss has many causes, you know, including genetics, uh, medications can cause hearing loss. They're known as ototoxic medications and exposure to loud noises. So hearing loss really doesn't discriminate. There's 48 million people in the United States with hearing loss. And we know that age is, you know, directly related to hearing loss because people between the ages of 65 and 75, one out of three people have a hearing loss. And then age 75 and older, one out of two people have a hearing loss. But that does not mean that younger people don't have hearing loss as well. But it it is really different for everyone. And I can talk more about that later. Well, I I was surprised that it it is more prevalent in men than women. Um, And I don't know whether that's because of exposure to uh, loud noises or genetics or whatnot. And there probably is no real answer to that. But it just says to men particularly, be very careful. Now, before we get into uh, the causes and and avoiding and all, I read somewhere recently that if you are starting to suffer hearing loss, that it's extremely important that you get yourself to a doctor because the sooner you stop start getting something such as hearing aids, for example, um, it will help prevent your hearing loss. I, I was really amazed at that. Do I have that right? Well, Shirley, you, as usual, you have a lot of things right, I have to admit. And I, I just like to go back to what you said about men, and maybe it's because of noise exposure. And I think you might be onto something. We probably don't know for sure, but um, men might tend to be, uh, have more exposure to noise because of uh, maybe typically things that men do, like, you know, mow the lawn or maybe some industry type jobs. And noise exposure is 100% preventable and 100% not reversible. But yes, it's really important to get your hearing checked. And people, you know, they might not realize they have a hearing loss, but they might realize that they're having trouble hearing on the phone or they're starting to turn up the volume on the TV or on the radio or having trouble in restaurants. And 
We found, and statistics show, that from the time somebody finds out that they have a hearing loss to the time they get treatment, which is usually a hearing aid, it's five to seven years. And I'm going to talk about what can happen in those five to seven years if you don't get treatment. That, that, I'm sitting here with my mouth open thinking, holy Moses, you would think that people would go sooner. I mean, we go have our eyes examined. Do we not normally go have our hearing examined? Um, it seems to me that's something that we need to, add, first off, add to our health checklist for certain well, Shirley, you're right. And, um, and the there's a sign of, of some hearing loss. And, you know, I bet you a lot of people aren't aware and they're not even focusing on it. They're just saying, huh, well, this TV is not as loud as it used to be. You know, it's easy to, to blame outside factors instead of looking at what's going on with us. Um, I think it's it's hard. But I do. I've noticed that my in my friends and, and as we age, we do lose some hearing. I had a scary experience a couple of years ago. I woke up one morning and I had no hearing in one ear. I mean, it was the weirdest thing that you've ever, I mean, I just couldn't believe it. And I got myself off to the doctor and it was an infection in the inner ear. And she put me on some antibiotics and it, it cleared up. But for several days, I really could not hear out of one ear. And boy, did that make me conscious of how important this sense is. I mean, it's just amazing because when you lose one ear, it's astonishing. Fortunately, it was restored back to normal. But um, this can happen. This could be a, a cause by it, uh, caused by an infection like I had. I, that was really surprising, Barbara. Yeah, exactly. And you think, you know, maybe the loss of hearing in one ear doesn't matter because you have another ear, but we have two ears for a reason. And it, I can understand what you went through. And people do experience sudden hearing loss, uh, maybe in one ear for a variety of reasons. And it was a good thing that you got to the doctor and got it checked. And it's really important to go get your hearing checked. And you said you were astonished that people wait, you know, five to seven years to do something about their hearing loss. But there's a variety of reasons for that. Um, often people don't know where to start. And if you go to your primary care provider, often older people might hear, uh, oh, don't worry about it. It's part of aging. Uh, learn to live with it. And that is absolutely the wrong advice. Um, if you notice, Shirley, when you go to the doctor, I told my doctor every year I have a physical and I'm over 50 and he looks in my ears, but he never asks me how I'm hearing. And I challenged him on that. I said, doctor, why don't you ask me how I'm hearing? And he said, well, I know how you're hearing because we're having a perfectly easy conversation. And I said, oh, but we're alone in a very quiet room with no background noise. And of course, knowing who I work for, you know, he kind of chuckled and we had a much deeper conversation. But hearing is not routinely screened for. And in fact, this was not helped by the U.S. Preventative Task Force Services, who once again came out for the recommendation this March that for adults over 50, a hearing screening is not recommended. Now, that seems very surprising given the literature that we know 
The literature like The Lancet has reported on hearing loss and its effects. The National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine and their report on adult hearing loss, as well as the World Health Organization's World Hearing Report that came out this uh, May, March 3rd, which is World Hearing Day. So why did the US Preventative Task Force Services make that recommendation? And can we said, take just can we take just one pause here, Barbara? Absolutely. Let our listeners know that they're tuned into of consuming interest. Sure. I'm Shirley, I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Barbara Kelly. She's the executive director of the Hearing Loss Association of America. And she was just talking about the fact that uh, hearing loss and why it isn't being recommended that we have hearing screenings. So I'm sorry to have interrupted you, Barbara. Go ahead. Oh, not at all. Thank you, Shirley. So the U.S. Preventative um, Task Force did not make a recommendation that adults over 50 be screened only because there's lack of data that it makes a difference. So they're not saying that it's not important. They're not saying that it shouldn't be done. They're just saying that we need need more data to make this recommendation. So of course, our organization, the Hearing Loss Association of America um, has pushed for the Appropriations Committee in Congress to push for more funding for data. But so, I well, think it was, Barbara, to interrupt you, but it would seem to me that you're not going to have data unless you start doing uh, hearing loss screening <laughs> to see what's going on in the population. Well, absolutely, Shirley. It's, it's like the chicken and the egg. But we, we do know from the Lancet report, from the World Report on Hearing, from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine, and from research that is ongoing, that there are comorbidities with untreated hearing loss. They are falls, um, and falls are the number one emergency room visit for older people. They are isolation, um, anxiety, depression, and now there is a cognitive link with untreated hearing loss and dementia, especially if people are isolated. So the really important thing to us is to have a serious conversation with our health provider about our hearing and us to keep awareness of whether or not we're having to turn up the TV or having difficulty understanding a conversation in a restaurant. And I think that's when it gets to be difficult for people is when there's noise in the background. Is that true? Exactly. And if if people are told uh, there's nothing you can do about it, it's part of aging, please don't stop there. Go get a complete hearing evaluation. And if hearing aids are recommended, take that step. Um, don't wait five to seven years because it really takes you out of, of the mainstream of life. And we know that 10,000 people every day turn 65. And 65-year-olds today are not what they were 30, 40 years ago, they're in the workplace, they're having second careers, they're active, they're engaged, they're um, taking care of everything that has to do with their health. And hearing health is part of that. So I think- Let's talk about some of the things that 
since we know that we have a problem, we need to identify it, we need to get more data in terms of what the impact is, and we know it has a significant impact on people's lives. But beyond that, are there steps, now we talk about avoiding loud music, being careful about uh, the medicines that you take, and, and you can, as I had happened to me, you can get an infection. There are a variety of things that can happen. What to the people who are suffering from a hearing loss, what can we do to help them? I mean, I know that there's been much advance in technology in terms of uh, people who have uh, lost profound amounts of hearing, but can you walk us through the phases that a person might go through in terms of hearing aids and what they're able to do and, and the, more prog- uh, the more advanced treatments? Sure. Um, and we don't want to forget about the largest group of people with mild to moderate hearing loss, where they, they just might need some hearing enhancement or some situational hearing. Um, and that is going to be very important when the FDA opens up the new category of over-the-counter hearing aids for adults with mild to moderate hearing loss. What is that going to mean for the consumer, Barbara? That's going to mean that people... Um, can go into their uh, local store and probably see electronic devices. They might not even look like traditional hearing aids. In fact, Bose just came out with an over-the-counter hearing aid that's available in some states where the FDA gave them um, de novo uh, authorization. Uh, They're probably going to look They could look like traditional hearing aids, but I've seen um, earbuds that are controlled by the apps on your smartphone where you go into a restaurant or you're in a meeting at work and you can use a directional uh, type microphone that's built in that raises the volume of the speaker's voice and lowers the background noise. That is incredible because... My friends who wear hearing aids have often said that going into a crowd is one of the worst things for them in terms of their their auditory experience. It is. It is. And it certainly is. And I think so when this, um, you know, also people have asked me, is there stigma around hearing loss? And I think, you know, there is like it's a, it's something that only older people have. But I think that we have moved the needle on stigma because of people really viewing hearing health as part of overall health. And with the -the over-the-counter market, you know, everybody has some type of gizmo coming out of their ears, right? So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, amen to that, because you see our young people going around with things stuck in their ears all the time. And I wonder about their we're going to talk about that in a minute about their future hearing health. But but uh, yes. And so this means that that I would be able to walk into a store and purchase a device that would help me hear, maybe use it through an app on my smartphone and. Does that also mean that it's going to be less expensive? Because right now, hearing aids are terribly expensive. Sure. And we'll we'll talk about hearing aids in a second. But, well, uh, that probably will mean it will be less expensive because, you know, technology is a great disruptor. 
Do you remember when computers cost a fortune and only people who were very wealthy could afford them? And I mean, now all of us uh, have computers, TVs, and our phones right in the palm of our hand. Um, That's very, very true. Hold it on that thought. Let's just take a, a brief pause here to tell our listeners that they're tuned in to Off Consuming Interest. I'm Shirley Rooker. My guest is Barbara Kelly. She's the executive director of the Hearing Loss Association of America. And we're talking about the loss of hearing, the impact it can have on people's lives, and what's down the road in terms of helping us uh, even over the counter without having to have a prescription, hearing devices that will help. So I'm sorry to have interrupted you, Barbara. Go ahead. Oh, never apologize. I could just keep going. Well, over-the-counter devices, you're talking about this technology disruption and prices will be probably uh, less expensive than traditional hearing aids. I know, and if I name a device or name a brand during this broadcast, I'm not endorsing anything, but Bose just came out with an over-the-counter hearing aid for, I think it's $899. Now, it could be And now these are only going to be for adults with mild to moderate hearing loss. And it could be that people will end up in the good care of an audiologist or a hearing aid specialist. And right now, uh, the, the business model is set up that the hearing aid itself is about a third of the cost. Then the rest of the cost that is bundled in there are the services, the follow-up, the testing, the adjustments, the oral rehab or some counseling or um, communication. So, so that will be included in the purchase price of this over-the-counter product. We would be able to go to whom to get this kind of counseling? The company that produced the device? Well, no, there won't be anything involved in that. But what a personal hope of mine is, and I know some audiologists who are willing to unbundle their prices. Ah. Somebody might need a little help with that over-the-counter device. Now, of course, there's probably going to be some online resources. And when you're talking about a mild to moderate loss, there maybe isn't a lot of of follow-up, right, that a person with a more severe to profound hearing loss might need. But the audiologist and hearing aid specialists Um, If they unbundle their price, somebody hopefully would be able to take that over-the-counter device and um, do a fee-for-service. Sure, I think that makes sense. Well, let's move. We only have, we don't have very much time left, and I'm I'm really interested in getting into what's down the road for people who have a more profound loss, because these are the people that really suffer the isolation and so many other issues, as you described, from having a hearing loss. What is down the road for them? Are hearing aids the answer? And there's cochlear, I think, implants. All yes. of this stuff is, is um, helping people to hear now. Exactly. What? Well, the hearing aids are, are getting better and more sophisticated. I mean, there are hearing aids with bells and whistles that mes- measure your blood pressure. They um, call your relatives when you fall. Um, there's basic hearing aids. Um, you know, there's top of the line. Uh, There's also for people with uh, some cases of severe hearing loss to profound, I would encourage people to um, look into cochlear implants. 
we know that in the United States that only 5% of people who could benefit from a cochlear implant get one. And, and is that because of lack of insurance, a lack of knowledge? Do you have any sense of why they're not going to get them yes. frequently? Yes. First of all, Medicare covers cochlear implants and many insurance co- companies cover cochlear implants and the cochlear implant companies have insurance reimbursement specialists. Sometimes it's lack of knowledge from the primary care physician or even sometimes the audiologist who doesn't refer on for a cochlear implant. So, you know, this is where people have to be really educated consumers and just keep, you know, looking. And I would definitely say look into cochlear implants. There's been a lot of success with them. And also with hearing aids, you know, the prices vary. Uh, We used to hear, oh, you could spend up to $5,000 a piece for a hearing aid. And, you know, surely you probably still can, depending on the bells and whistles. But I also know, and again, I'm not endorsing, but Costco has come out with a Kirkland brand hearing aid that is made by one of the um, mainline hearing aid manufacturers. And I call it... uh, I call it, my colleagues call it the trifecta of hearing aids. It has a telecoil, which means that you can connect into hearing loops in public places, in theaters. It also has Bluetooth capability and a rechargeable battery. And two hearing aids, I think, are $16.99. So there are options. There are certainly options. And While Medicare does not cover hearing aids right now, we are working on that. And if there's time, I can talk a little bit about that later as well. Yes, I think, um, excuse me, I'm losing my voice. Uh, I think that there is so much out there that people need to know. Can you pick up from there, Barbara? I sure can. Well, first of all, um, there's other things, assistive technology. There's captioning on TV. There's caption telephone service uh, where you see the text coming across your telephone. There's most of the platforms now like Zoom, GoToMeetings, WebEx, BlueJeans, all have automatic speech recognition captioning. Um, where you can turn on a button. So, you know, sometimes you hear people say, I can hear, but I can't understand. Well, there are times that people hear pretty well, but coming through the computer, they have a hard time understanding. So that's when these captioning apps are really helpful. There's speech-to-text apps on your phone, uh, like Otter is one that people use, or um, Google Meet and or uh, Google text or something like that, but it's a Google product. So people have used these automatic speech recognition um, speech apps that really help in situations. Uh, Medicare right now, uh, when the legislation was passed in 1965, it specifically excluded hearing aids. So because it, it, it specifically excluded hearing aids, it's going to take an act of Congress to get them put back in. However, uh, in 2019, the, the House passed H.R. 3, which did allow the expansion of Medicare for 
hearing, vision, and dental. I'm sorry, we're, we're running out of time, Barbara. I can't okay. believe it. So look at it. There are many options available to you. Explore it. Talk to your doctor about your hearing and have a check, even though you don't think you're having it. Because much hearing is I and loss comes on gradually and consumers aren't even aware of it. Barbara, it's been a treat to have you on. You've been listening to Up Consuming Interest. My guest has been Barbara Kelly, Executive Director of the Hearing Loss Association of America. And she's given us some really great information. I'm Shirley Rooker. Thank you for being with us. Of Consuming Interest is a public service program presented by WJLA 7 Call for Action, hosted by Shirley Rooker. Call for Action is an international nonprofit network of hotlines which offer free and confidential assistance. If you have a complaint, contact Call for Action at 301-652-HELP. That's 301-652-HELP.